Take your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis 16, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 16. I'm going to put my mic on. Can you hear me? Genesis uh, 16, verses 1 through 16, and we're continuing, uh, we're on week two of the series, Just a Reading. And uh, like I said, you guys are the guinea pigs because this is the first time in my ministry that I've just done sermons on, hey, this stuck out to me, and uh, let's do a sermon on it. And that says something about you. I'm not a perfect church, but most of the time I ask the question as a pastor on whatever church or wherever I'm serving, what do they need spiritually to grow? Not, and I know that we can grow spiritually from these things, but to have the freedom just to do some interesting things that I wanted to do, that as I read through the Bible this year, hey, this sticks out to me. Let's look at it a little bit further. Last week we talked about Noah and walking right in a wicked generation. He had a struggle with that. And that's way back four chapters into uh, the Bible. So we still have to do it. Today I'm telling the sermon, Who Cares? You ever wonder if anybody cares? You ever question, God, where are you? Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you exist? Do you really care? And again, what's cool about this with the Holy Spirit, I wrote this sermon about a week ago. I don't try to be ahead, but sometimes it's to my benefit, and it was to my benefit this week to be ahead. Because of the things I had to deal with. But I love how the Holy Spirit works. Because it's like I didn't write this poignantly to this person's dealing with this. But this is something we struggle with all the time. Some way, somehow, we ask the question, does anybody care? Does anybody hear? Does anybody see? Does anybody, God, do you know that I exist? Do you really care? And we struggle to know if God cares. And we struggle to know if anyone else cares. And, you know, you have a choice. You can, uh, would you rather obey someone that you know cares? Think about that for a minute. We don't like the word obey. We don't like the word submit. The Bible is clear that we serve one or two masters. We can't serve two. We're going to serve somebody. So whether you're big or bad, you're obeying something, someone. But isn't it easier to obey or submit to someone who cares? Yes. And so when we feel like nobody cares and we like to blame God on we have a choice to obey ourselves, which is the sin of self, which you're still obeying someone or some idea, or to obey God. And so my challenge, your action step today is obey the God who cares. There are not several gods. He is the one and only God. The people have followed false gods for years, for centuries, for the all of creation. Obey the God who cares. And so the word cares is going to be your points with an S. Okay? And so, as I was reading through my Bible, I saw this in the life of Abraham. Abraham is really important. Israel is really important. They send in the Bible in Genesis 3. Everything changes. Everyone's headed to a complete separation from God forever. Childbirth, the sweat of your brow and work, everything's made hard because of the fall. 
They only went so many chapters into Genesis, and God wants to destroy them again. He does by flood, and yet there's grace in Noah and what we see. And so God has a plan that he started in Genesis 3, that he continues, that I'm going to save them, or a redeemer is going to be on the way. And so how he did that is he started with a family, Abraham. Again, God's grace, there wasn't anything about Abraham, special about Abraham, but that he was willing to obey the God who cares. And so he tells Abraham, he says to him, he goes, I need you to go to a country that you've never been, leave everything you know. And Abraham was older, and they lived older, but he still was older. I need you to go there, never been there, and, I, and your wife, who can't have children, that is getting older, is going to have a child, and through that child is going to become a nation, and through that nation, the Savior of all of creation is going to have, come, that we can be a child of Father Abraham through faith. All those that choose Christ. So he tells them this. He leaves, he goes, they're still not having a baby. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a sub point. This isn't even out here. Don't ever try to help God out. You want to know why we're dealing with the troubles in the Middle East and the Muslims, not against people, it's a false religion, but why we're dealing with it is because of this story right here. Abraham and Sarah got tired of waiting. They needed it. They wanted to help God out. And this is why we have the problems we have today. Clearly. I can go in more depth with you with that later. This is why you have the other countries you have. This is why there's a fight over the where the temple used to be in Jerusalem, where there's only a wall left. And on the mound where that temple is, is where the Dome of the Rock, a mosque is, because both because of this section of scripture right here, Abraham and Sarah thought they knew better, and I'm going to help God out. You ever get like that? Oh, yeah, you do. Do you really say it? Let me help him out, and usually you really mess it up. And God knows how much you can handle. Just about a week ago, a family was dealing with something, and, and it was really a hard thing, and the next day, God totally showed up. A verse that has guided my family is Exodus 14, 14. You have only to be silent, and the Lord will fight for you. And he has done it every time. When we need it. Don't go ahead of God. This is, this is totally has screwed up the world because they went ahead of God. Okay, I'm going to get off that. And you know what happens when you go ahead of God and you try to figure it out yourself and be God and not obey the God who cares? That it also hurts other people. So, Sarah, guys, common sense. God gives you common sense. But there's a point, obviously, in the whole Bible, the things God asks are not common sense. And you're going to have to, in faith, obey a supernatural God that he's going to do something that you know it's God. So they haven't had a child. They want to help God out. And this was a common custom of that day. Going with the world. Well, the world is doing this. Sarah's like, take my handmaiden. Sleep with her, have a child through her, and this will be our heir. Christians, do not use situational ethics. Do not try. There's a way, Proverbs says, uh, 16.25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. God did give us common sense, but there's a point 
The whole Bible is about not making sense because they want you to know, I'm going to do this so you know that it is me and it's not you or man. So the whole world, this is what they did at that time. If, if your wife can't have a child, go with her slave or handmaiden, that child will become the heir. Boy, we've been paying for this ever since. So in Genesis 16, verses 1 through 16, let's look at verses 1 through 3. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, was born, had bore him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abraham, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me, uh, prevented me from bearing children. Go into my ser servant, and maybe that I shall obtain a child by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. And so after Abraham had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, as a wife. They didn't wait. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall walk and not faint. This looks good to me. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. And they've been waiting 10 years. That's a long time. And here's what happens when we ask the question, did God really say that? Guys, I have been in so many situations in ministry where God has made something clear and I've had to wait and hold on and have acted to uh, three was one of the verses. I'd have to go back to have it totally memorized. But it talks about the vision, that it will come. And it will come at the appointed time and that you need to wait for it. What has God told you? What has God encouraged you that you're feeling like this? Did he really say that? Maybe I need to help him out. If I had a giant warning sign, don't help God out. <laughs> he promised. They didn't want to wait. They didn't want to. They didn't want to hold. Hold. They didn't want to hold out. They wanted to try to do it themselves. And so let's look at their choice. Abraham's choice. Look, look what he did. I want you to understand this. God made male and female. And he made them equal but different. They complement each other. This is why there's nothing political about this. God made male and female. No one is better. They have different things that God has equipped them with. And when together, they complement each other. Women have things that men can, and feelings and the way to discern that men can. And men have things God has put in them that women don't. And when they come together, it completes them. But God has designed that the man is the spiritual leader of the home. He is the head. It doesn't, and, a, and a man that doesn't listen to his wife is stupid. But, whether it's a man or a woman, they better listen to God first. And when it talks about the man being the head of the home, it's talking about a fountain. You go back to Genesis and see that Eve came from Adam. God put him asleep to have that spiritual surgery, and then he sees her and goes, whoa, man. You know, like, cool. All right, but anyway, here's the deal. No one's better. They compliment, but the man is to be the provider, the protector, and the spiritual leader of the home. What did Abraham do? What did Adam do? Listen to Sarah and her common sense and what society was doing. Adam listened to Eve. 
And I don't care if it's a man or a woman. You guys need to listen to God first. What happens if I listen to other people before I listen to God? As your pastor, we get in the trouble that our society is in today. And I'm not perfect at all. I have a lot of accountability. And I'm really slow on not moving off of what God says. Look at verses 4 through 6. And he went, to ha went to, into Hagar. And she conceived... And when, she, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave your servant to you, I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. And may the Lord judge between you and me. But Abraham said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from him. Abraham was wrong. Sarai was wrong. I'm not going to say he wasn't in a no-win situation. It was almost like the question, does this make me look fat? Where are you going to go with that, guys? Or, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. It was his fault as the spiritual leader to say yes to this. But now, it didn't get better, it got worse. Now she's mad, because she sees the reality of a good idea. Christianity has been hurt, and churches have been destroyed by common sense and good ideas. Because it makes sense. What do you do with the whole Bible? Because in common sense, that goes out the door. And guess what? God shows up because He cares. So, the reality of their choices came home to roost. And God cares more. That's why he was telling them not to do that and to wait. And you, anybody that's been a parent or a child, it's one of you, okay, um, there's a point where you don't think your parents know anything and they just want to ruin your life. We act like that with God. I know better. I can see ahead. No, you can't. I can't either. That's a, a caring parent <clears throat> tries to see a little bit ahead. And so it also reminds us of bad choice, choices of, of our sinful selves. And it leads to more sin. Because they not only started with the sin of disobeying God and the sin of he's not married to Hagar, going with the world, and Sex outside of marriage is sin because it's a covenant relationship that God designed for a man and woman for a lifetime. That is his idea. And you will pay in your body for that. You will pay emotionally for that. And yes, God's grace is there, but that is God's idea. So this leads to more sin. And Hagar has to flee. The innocent suffer for our sinful choices, not that God cares. He cares. But when we choose to sin, innocent people suffer. This was her servant. She was a slave. She didn't have a choice in the matter. I want you to understand that. She couldn't say, I disagree with that. This was the society they lived in at that time. Did not say it was right because it wasn't. But a lot of times, innocent people suffer when we make bad choices. Notice, these are godly people making bad choices. 
Your first feeling, we can obey God because He really cares about us. Go back to the parents when one way or another, oh, they don't care about me. They just don't want me to have any fun. Yeah, us as parents wake ever, up every morning and say, I want to figure out how I can make their life miserable. <laughs> I have staff meetings with my wife about that with my children. We're, okay, what's our plan today? We're gonna, you know, no. It's like, I love them. I want to help them. I don't want to make their life miserable. But the reason a good parent says no sometimes is because they care. The reason a God that is loving and we can obey him says no sometimes because he cares. Because the reason, guys, this is why we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now. Because Abraham and Sarah decided they knew better. This is why you can trust a God that can see the future. That is aware of everything. That knows the thoughts and, and, and intentions of everyone. Go with God. So let's look at verses 7 through 10. What uh, We see a God who really cares. And so she flees. She's out in the desert. I'm going to kind of add to this. But like other accounts, she's going to die. She, she has enough water. She's got this baby. This, this, this child, you know, if we go back and look at the age, they don't have anything and they're going to die. Seven, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness and the spring of God's sword. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring for that they cannot be so that they cannot be numbered by multitude. The angel, I want you to understand, anytime you see in the Old Testament, and the series we're doing on Wednesday nights, Christ in the Old Testament will show this. We were showing parallels of how Adam made, like last week was how Adam is like Christ and how Adam wasn't like Christ. But as we go into that, we're going to see uh, a lot of parallels of Christ in the Old Testament. Because I want you to understand, a lot of people take the Old Testament and say, oh, that's a good history book, but it doesn't apply to me. The Old Testament is just as much a book of faith as the New Testament is a book of obedience, and we need them both. And so what we see here, anytime you see the, the word angel of the Lord, it is usually Jesus. Now I want you to understand the word angel. I'm an angel today. Oh, pastor, where's your wings? No, not that type of angel. The word angel means messenger. In Revelation, you see the angels of the church up. It's talking about the pastors of those churches. So the angel of the Lord, if Jesus is not an angel. He is God in the flesh. But he is a messenger of the Lord in the flesh. So this is Jesus. He walked with them in the garden. That's Jesus. And so... We see a God who cares that he comes personally. He cares where we're at. Okay? And, he, and in verse 8, he cares about what we're going through. He asks her. You ask the question, God, do you really care? Do you know? Yes. And have those conversations with God. And tell God. Because he knows and he cares and he sees. And we're going to see that in a moment. Notice this. He is right there where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you can handle and what you can't handle. And most of the time, we didn't realize we were made for that. And a lot of you have been through stuff I have not been through. 
And it's because the Lord got you through it. He cares, we see in verse 9, he cares enough to know uh, the best for us. He, I mean, come on, let's get real here. That's a lot of trust and faith. You want me to go back to the lady that kicked me out here? That's treating me bad? See, in our society today, I am so sick of this. I'll respect them if they respect me. Good luck with that. Most of us here have had to eat a lot of stuff to, and, and do what we need to do for God, for our family. And what is being sold is if they do this, I'll do that. No, you know what? When you stand before God, you're going to answer for the choice you made and how you act. So that's an excuse, and it's not going to work. He's telling her to do a hard thing. This is why your action step obey the God who cares. The problem is, if they respect me, I'll obey them. How many of us have had to submit and obey to people that were not respectful? I'm not going to point to any president, but in my life there have been a lot of presidents that I think are horrible, but I will respect their office. I want you to think about that. So you need to look at that hard. He's telling her to return to a difficult situation. Society is telling you, if it hurts, snowflake, just run away. So why is it that we've created a society, well, Pastor's getting off here, but I will. We've created a society that a few, a few hundred years ago, not a few hundred, but let's say a hundred years ago, when the, pony, the, the, the average Pony Express rider was an eight-year-old boy that was an orphan, and they would travel 2,000 miles in Indian-infested territory to deliver a message. Because we're not asking people to buck up and do hard things and get back in. Let's talk about marriage. Yes, there are reasons marriages, you know, fall apart. But most of the time, it's because we haven't told people and had that standard. You need to not give up on that. You need to stick with that. Somebody can let loose, and that's the way it is, and you've got to let loose. But what I'm saying is, so many times, this is hard. This is hard. He's not saying, it's okay, little baby. I'll strike him down dead. You're okay. You know what he said? Go back to the lady that's treating you bad. Now, I'm not for abuse. God's not for abuse, but obviously he's going to take care of this. Verse 10. God abundantly cares for us. Number for multitude. My wife informed me in her research, and you can ask her, there's a, uh, I think Francine Rivers, did she do, uh, uh, I don't know, she's read something about Hagar, not the horrible, but her. Um, those of you are old enough got that. <laughs> Okay, but here's the deal. Ishmael, her son, had 12 sons. Isaac, Abraham's son through Sarah, had 12 sons. We have the 12 tribes of Israel. And this comes through Jesus. I want you to understand the blessing of God. Are Jews going to be saved? They are not going to be saved unless they recognize Jesus as Messiah. Just like anybody else. Nobody is going to be saved unless they recognize Jesus as Savior and Messiah for themselves. Do you know why Israel, I mean, I was, I don't even think I was 
alive, or I was shortly uh, alive, when Israel had the seven-day war. Some of you can look that up. They had everybody against them. They were totally surrounded. This was it. They were underarmed, and they fought and won and gained ground. Why? Because even though they don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah, God's blessing is that powerful in Israel. And any nation that does not support Israel, I'm not saying this about Trump. I'm saying this, there has been no president, Republican or Democrat, until him, that has recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. That is a biblical thing. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about his Christianity. If, if, if a Democrat had done that, I would still say the same thing. Any nation, any nation or person that does not recognize that Israel is God's nation. Now, they can be bad things. No excuses. They have to recognize Jesus, and they have it. But that blessing of God is so strong on them, nothing can touch it. So even in, I say that to say this, even in Sarah and Abraham's sin, the blessing was on Hagar and on Ishmael because God cared enough that they did you wrong, but I care for you. They did you wrong, you're going to be a great nation. And the problem is, those great nations now fight against God's nation. They're Arabia, they're Syria, they're Jordan, Egypt, not so much Egypt, but all these areas come from Ishmael. This is why you don't mess with God. If they had just not done this, we wouldn't have had these problems. They have other ones. But that's how much God cares. That even when somebody is done wrong by somebody else, God still cares. But, uh, uh, but um, a caring God didn't end uh, his caring there. Look at verses 11 through 12. And the angel of the Lord said to her, we're talking about Jesus, Behold, you are pregnant, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And he shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everything's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all of his kinsmen. And if you look at the Arab states and you look at their history, this, this is how it's been. <coughs> Wild West. Verse 11, God cared enough to know she was pregnant, that she was going to have a son, and she knows his name. The name Ishmael means this. God who hears. Remember the original question I asked? Who cares? God, do you know where I'm at? Do you hear what's going on? Yes. Yes, he does. Do you know that they wronged me? Yes, I do. Your next feelings, I know some of you chomp up a bit, okay? <laughs> we can obey God. We can obey God who cares because he always hears us. Guys, it's like your parents. They're not really hearing me. Yeah, they are, and they're trying to make the best decision for you, and they may know a little bit better. Sometimes we don't hear. I get that. We don't have to worry about that with God. He always hears. So tell it. I let it out with God. I didn't mean disrespectful. I just let him know how I feel and what I need. Why, why are you faking? He already knows. Look at the last part of 11. The Lord who listens understands. 
Your next will. We can only obey a God who cares. We can obey a God who cares because He really understands us. You ever, like today, you ever wonder if people really understand you? Or the reason, one of the reasons, I have a couple of reasons why I repeat myself a lot. This is I want, I don't feel like people may understand or I'm not comfortable with silence and it's my whole family, okay? Alright, I'm going to that. But what I'm saying is, we wonder, do you understand what I'm saying? God does. And nobody else can understand. Why does he say in Romans that even when we can't verbalize it, in our groanings he understands? He hears. He understands. He cares. He understands the, the power of blessing in areas that are troubled. Look at Hagar's response in, in verse 13. So he called, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly I have been seen, I have seen him who looks after me. Man. Called the God who cared enough to, to speak to her, who cared enough to speak to her. She said, You are a God who sees, who looks actively in my life. We've got enough people here that somewhere, somehow, this week or today, you have felt like, does anybody care? And, you, and you're respectful enough to say, not say, God, do you care, but you're really thinking it. Yeah, he does. We can obey the God who cares, your next film, because he has eyes that look after us. I'm really having to help somebody that they're thinking, there's no justice and nobody sees. I want to help you something. Sometimes you get justice here, but nobody gets away with anything. God sees. God knows. Nobody gets away with anything. He cares. He saw her in that desert, ready to die with her, or to, to deal with those things, and he cared enough. I'm going to be with you through this difficult situation. Go back in there, and I will be with you. Look at verses 14 through 15. Have our choice. Therefore the well was called whatever, and it lies between Kadesh and Barna. And the Hagar wasn't whatever. At least we know it's got beer in it. Beer La Hata Roy. Okay, whatever. The beer well. Okay. Right. That was a good one. Alright, 15. And Hagar bore Abraham a son. Abraham called his name, called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ash Ishmael, which is a God who hears. Hagar went back. She submitted to Abraham. She submitted to Sarah. She submitted to God's authority. She had Ishmael. And when we know, your next final fill-in, when we know that God cares about, uh, cares, our natural loving response is to submit to Him. To obey all the way. That's your natural response when you have somebody that is loving. Is your essence submit to them. Notice what she did. So many times we're waiting for them to... to did I give you an S? Okay, I'm giving you an S. Right. Here, here's, here's an extra. Submit to him. Obey. It's not her fault. So many times we're like, I'm not going to submit to them unless they deserve it. You're wrong. God deserves it. 
So the question I have for you today, in this season, do you know that God cares for you? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who shall believe shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you do not know Christ the Savior and Lord, receive Him today. We're going to have a time of invitation here in a moment. Receive Him. Talk to Him. Talk to someone. Receive Him because He cares for you. And you may be trying to wait for everybody else. Do you know He's always listening? Not to, not to slap you with the ruler. But He knows. So talk to Him. Do you know that he understands? He understands more than you do yourself. And that his eyes see everything and nobody's going to get away with anything. So the question really is on you today. Are you obeying the God who cares? Or are you obeying something else? As we stand on our feet, our heads bowed, you're being called to obey today. Not me. Not any man. Good job. So if you want to obey and receive salvation, if you want to obey and take the time to, to, to seek forgiveness, whatever you're not submitting to today, submit to God because He cares. Lord, I thank you for everyone here today. I pray that you help them to know that you care, to submit to a caring God, and to share that to others. However, we need to be obedient, to, obedient today. We say yes to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.